Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, we've been talking about microphones a ton lately. Um, I've been messing around personally with snare bottom mics. I know it's an important input on the input list, but hey, I've been a little bored lately. And I'm trying out all these different microphones. A few months ago, you know, we went through a, a deal with trying out new vocal microphones. Well, trying out a lot of microphones all the time can get really expensive because there's no return policy on microphones because thank you, germs, right? So we've partnered with micrentals.com to make that happen. That's who I was using to try out microphones. The great thing about it is instead of spending $1,000 on a mic capsule, you can pay a very small portion of that and just rent it for a day, rent it for a weekend, and then send it right back. So we want to make that easy for you guys too. So if you go to MikeReynolds.com and use code MXU15, you'll get 15% off your rental. If you have a large custom order for wireless mics, maybe for a kid's camp or a large choir, something unique, and you want them to put together a custom order for you, you can do that too. And just mention MXU15 when you're talking to those guys and you'll get 15% off that order as well. So go check it out, www.MikeRentals.com. You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 66 of the MXU podcast. Is it 66 or 666? 666. And the reason it might be referred to as such is because <laughs> we are all in the same room together yes. for the first time in a long time. So I'm Jeff Sandstrom. I'm here with my co-host, co-founder, all things awesome, Lee Fields. Hey, we have back in the fold the master of ceremonies, Dadu Worldwide himself, Jay Desai. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> so Jay was in timeout for a minute because of the way he hijacked the podcast. But then the episode turned out so good, we figured, gosh, we got to have him back after all. I'm also bringing the racial diversity because you two are white. <laughs> <laughs> very true this is true very well if y'all could see what lee was wearing he looks like a <laughs> russian drug lord right now <laughs> and then we're also joined by zach kimry from elevation church hey guys adam taylor from central church what's up guys and our good friend marcus walker what's up from skylark so adam is like it's he's from central but he's on the mxu team oh he's on the mxu team for sure yeah, yeah. he just happens to Receive his full time uh, paycheck that's from moon, the moonlighting gig. Yeah, he moonlights with MXU. He's production managing our tour. Yeah. Yep. So speaking of the tour, we are so stoked. Oh yeah, people are oh, buying yeah. tickets, and it's coming soon. Like it's yeah. going to be here before we know it. They're right. buying tickets like there was no pandemic. Speaking of no pandemic, let's talk about why we're actually all together today. Yeah, we're in Jacksonville, Florida, because. Man, this city's a destination. I'm just Someone kidding. referred to Florida as the basement of America. <laughs> well, it's open. The reason we're the reason we're here is we're excited that Florida is open because we are attending the very first full capacity arena event in the world. In the world, I think that's coming back. Maybe they had some in New Zealand or Australia because they they closed their borders so fast. But maybe I think this is it. Yeah. So besides every church. Um, but yeah, so it's UFC, what number is it? 261. UFC 261 is live in Jacksonville tonight. tonight and we are there. Yeah. It's no mask, no social distancing sold out. So it's going to be interesting. 
Now, what's interesting is we're recording this before that event. Right. So who knows how it's going to go? Yeah. If you guys hear reports about, you know, surges in cases and all kinds of stuff after tonight, then yeah. we're, we're, we'll, we're sorry for being so irresponsible. I've but, gotten both of my Mark of the Beast, so I'm good. Oh, good. <laughs> I, well, got, yeah. I got them too. Yeah, most people in this room are doubly vaccinated, so that's good. Or had it. Or had it, right. I've had it. Or both. Or both. Yeah. So that's anyway. true. You had it and got your. Or swollen armpit. Fauci, ouchie. I I had that yeah, two days after the second vaccine. I could not use my right arm for a full day. I thought I was dying. Yeah, I think and, I'd rather had COVID. And it was because <laughs> the lymph node in that arm, like in your armpit, just swelled up like a golf ball, right? Yeah. Well, luckily you have people that like go get your coffee and stuff on Sunday, so you really don't need both your arms. I don't even have to go on Sundays anymore. I don't know if you knew that there's a level you can get to. No, you don't even have to go. How do you mix? I just think about it you call it in yeah <laughs> fader two up yeah <laughs> more snare bottom that's funny so yeah we're excited about tonight it's going to be awesome yeah and we have some great transportation lined up marcus has secured but won't tell anybody what it is it's because i'm not sure it'll show up <laughs> <laughs> it's that legit it's so awkward and weird and sketch i don't know wow <laughs> it's horseback i hope I've been communicating all day. We're still good, but when it rolls up, you'll understand why I was concerned. <laughs> Speaking of awkward and sketch, can we talk about these outfits just for a second? Yeah, of course. So, you know, I don't, it's a cultural thing for boxing or UFC. Yeah. It's like you got to have a certain, right. um, what's, the, what's the right word? Swagger. 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 That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And so several of us are going to be sporting. Um, I, I would, when the idea first came up, the word that was used was track suits. Yeah. These are not track suits. <laughs> no, because we have a text thread, this group, we're talking about this trip for, a, we planned it like a month ago. And Jay sent a picture of here's what I'm wearing. And it was a red velour track suit. With white J's. Right. That's normal in my wardrobe, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you guys look like you're going to a Halloween party. <laughs> <laughs> but because DJ Khaled, it's just, it goes right. with the character. Because my mom thinks I'm DJ Khaled. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is the first time I've actually put one on. And I look ridiculous. Adam, talk to, talk to us about the slippers you're wearing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, ridiculous is not quite the word. <laughs> I think it looks great. Yeah. I'm a little afraid for your safety tonight. <laughs> but we've got some, uh, I mean, what are they, like knockoff Gucci slippers? No, they're legit. They're legit? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, they're like he, a, he borrowed them from a like a velvet, that I can't afford. Like I got them for like velvet, 15 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, crushed velvet, gold clasp on the top, red bottoms. I mean, you just picture it. It's strong. It looks good. It looks very strong. They look a little small. A little small. A little, one size too small. They're perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after that picture, I text everybody and said, "Oh, we should all wear matching track suits, or not matching, but like all wear track suits." So I start googling like funny party track suits, and Marcus and I bought some. And Marcus, yours has tigers. Yeah, I'm disappointed because the <laughs> one I wanted wasn't in stock. So this is plan B, but it's still pretty ridiculous. 
but it's like a shiny gold trim and there's tigers and gold zipper. Yes. It looks like it could be like wallpaper decor from the lobby of the Mandarin Oriental (laughs) hotel, you know, like the bathroom wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of an Asian vibe with some tigers. and It's like if Bruce Lee was on acid. Yes, but you can make fun of me all day, but if you watched the weigh-in yesterday, yes, I look very similar to the guy that will win. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jorge Masvidal <laughs> wore a Dolce & Gabbana tracksuit to the weigh-ins. We're like, yeah. see, guys? Right, but you don't, you don't go to a football game and wear pads and a jersey. <laughs> You do not want to be mistaken for a UFC fighter, I think, is the goal here. I think the goal is to not be beat up in the audience. So Right. Yeah, I so Zach and tough. I are basically running. Uh, I wouldn't say we're bodyguards, but we're going to be on either side of these jokers in their tracksuits, just kind of running interference. I feel bad for everyone with me. Well, Marcus, we do, we were just saying, though, Marcus could be mistaken for Ryan Tedder. So. Yeah, it's like a drug lord and Ryan Tedder had a baby. I think we're just going to throw everybody off because I'm going to throw on jeans and my cowboy boots and go, and y'all are going to be in these track suits looking ridiculous. <laughs> and, and we're just going to, everybody's just going to be like, mm, that, that crew's a little off. We'll just stay away from them. Yeah. <laughs> Foam at the mouth every now and then, and people will leave you alone. That's funny. So mine is tiger stripe camo. Yeah, yours looks like, yeah, camo. From Tiger King. Yes. Adam lives in Vegas. This is normal. Yeah, this is... It looks good on you. You could wear... Your, yours doesn't look too showy. His does. Marcus, yeah. I'm worried for Marcus. How many people come to your church on any given weekend in, in a getup like that, that looks there, like that? There's got to be at least five. Yeah. Every week. Wow. I was going to say one, but there's always... There's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. They went from the casino straight to church. Yeah, or they're just that's just their lifestyle, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, like they're, li- like they're living it. Yeah, it's, it's everyday, normal. everyday attire. How many tracksuits do you have? I have three. Two of them of allure. One of them is not. See? You're giving me one they're, for tonight. They're in the rotation. Yeah, I think since we're talking about clothing, one of the things I've learned on this trip is when I get home, I'm immediately buying something from Lululemon because that's y'all have not shut up about that the entire trip. Okay. Okay. We need to talk about Lulu for a second because everyone here has got something on, right? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got this awesome tracksuit on, but this morning I did. Yeah. So their pants, their underwear, let's be honest. Yeah. The, the shirt that I'm wearing. It's my it's my favorite like polo type shirt. Yeah. Um just because it's so comfortable. The fabric is amazing. Doesn't stink, easy to clean. Fits well. It's expensive though. So not only does Traeger need to sponsor the podcast, Lululemon needs to sponsor it as well. <laughs> I I'm, yeah, sure. The but problem the- is is if Lulu looked at us they wouldn't want to sponsor. That's no. true. Yeah. We are not. They're like, damn, I didn't know that that could stretch like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because their ambassadors program is set up for people who like own yoga studios and CrossFit gyms. Yeah. And they're like, you know, CrossFit champions. None of us around this. Yeah, circle. Not for people that are out of breath trying to tie their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> they would be like, can you guys not talk about it, please? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> they wear sizes that I can wear. So. Tell them to stop. Yeah, I just go up about four sizes. Everything fits. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's funny. Um, but their pants, I see tons of production guys wearing Lulu pants. Yeah. Because they feel like you're wearing pajamas, but you could wear them to a wedding. Right. It's like, it's this weird thing, right? 
they're not really sweatpants, but they feel like they are, but they're dressy-ish. Yeah. And they, yeah, they they fit a niche for sure. Okay, so about that. I was hunting last weekend, and it was me and a buddy and a bunch of retired firefighters and, and active firefighters. Okay, so very manly dudes. And and, and then me. <laughs> so we're talking about all this camo gear that we all wear. And it's similar to Lulu in that it's like very specialized. It's not just camo from Walmart. Like all of it has a purpose, climate, material, and all this stuff, right? So me and Tyler are like, we we made the comment, oh guys, you guys gotta try the pants from Lululemon. And they're about the same price as like some high-end camo. And we're telling them about it and they're just staring. And then like halfway through explaining it, I kind of stopped and I went, I'm guessing the word Lululemon at the fire hall wouldn't go over well, would it? And they just looked at us like, nope. We're like, yeah, okay, sorry. And meanwhile, they're just hiking up a hill half a mile ahead of you guys just because that's what they do. Yeah, and we're talking about Lululemon (laughs) to a bunch of firefighters. That's funny. It was bad. Well, since we're all here, we might as well talk about some stuff that's I want church production related. I want Zach to talk about what's coming up at his church. That's insane. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, so we're in the heavy planning processes of what we call youth X, uh, be youth X 21 this summer. So we're going to do a 168 hour live stream, truly nonstop. We'll start. I think we start at two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and we run it through the 1130 worship experience the following Sunday. So there's a lot of planning going on right now. I think Nicole has made a line-by-line spreadsheet that's about 2,000 line items. Oh, my gosh. So anybody who wants to attend virtually at some point, any time of the day that week. Absolutely. There's something going on. And we're even changing it up. Yep. We're even changing it up from last year. Um, When we hit a certain time last year, we just hit click play and we're we're playing back content. And this year in the middle of the night, we're actually going to have live host. We are going to rebroadcast the sermons that were done. But there'll be live hosts uh, setting it up and whatnot. That's awesome. That way, you know, people on the other side of the world in a different time zone still feel connected when since it's the middle of the day for them, even though it's the middle of the night for us. So you sent us a, a text with a screenshot of basically your kind of signal flow and cameras and all that stuff. Talk to us about how many cameras? I, th- I thought it was only 23, but Nicole only. said that that number didn't include the cameras in the auditorium. So it's closer to 30. Yeah. And that's with us downsizing and moving cameras between segments when the time allows, it it would probably be closer to 40 if we, you know, threw down cameras for every segment and just left them. But are you renting all that? Yeah. We're going to rent it in, uh, probably going to bring in a TV truck to to pull it off to make me not pull my hair out. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to pull my hair out, but you you know, that much left. I know is the worship, um, your normal worship band or is it special for youth X? So it it is the rhythm band. Um, and I will say that it's not rhythm band the entire time. I don't know if that portion is actually public yet, but there will be some others other than elevation rhythm there for a couple of the, uh, worship experiences. And what are the dates? Oh gosh. I know that the gear needs to arrive on July 8th and it <laughs> needs to ship out on July 19th. So youth X is in there. somewhere, somewhere in between in those mid, dates. Mid July. I have those two dates engraved <laughs> in my head because yeah. of all the rentals and stuff we've been working on. It's, it's going to be crazy. I'm excited. Probably it will for sure be the biggest thing that I've ever been a part of that our team's planned. 
um, Nicole took the spreadsheet of, or took the planning center of 168 68 hours, put it into a spreadsheet and started going through what cameras we needed, where, how many mics we needed, how many IFBs. That's crazy. So I'm, I'm lucky on that aspect. She handles most of that and tells me what we need to do. And then, you know, between my brain and her, we come up with what we need to do to pull it off. And then do y'all ever argue. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a weird dynamic. We don't argue a lot, but I think it's just because we work together long enough. We both know we never, it's funny. Me and her talked about this the other day. Um, we never really get to a point of arguing. She was trying to explain rank to someone that had asked because Nicole and I are like, one of us is not really above the other. We're just kind of work together. Yeah. And so none of us really come down and say, no, I want to do it this way. Somehow it always falls into an agreement. And I think that's just the relationship that we've built over the years. And I think, honestly, I think that's the only, only way that we're able to pull off what we do. That's great. When things are tough, like when y'all do go head to head, tell me a little bit about that. Like, uh, not process, not that there's a process, but like, what if, well, it's like I'm gonna. It's technical and programming, right? So yeah. she may ask for something, yeah, and then you may say, "Well, what about this way?" Yeah, but she may know no because of programming. Yeah. It needs to be X, Y, and Z. I'm guessing that's usually the that is, and the well, the nice thing is, is Nicole actually knows how the gear works as well, uh-huh. which is great. It's a huge asset. What because, a what a gem! Yeah, like she can uh she can come up with an idea and a solution herself and, and pull it off for herself, which is great. She's just not, she's not the producer behind the comm mic telling us what to do. She can out actually get out there and do it. And she does yeah. that with us. She'll, it's nothing for her to pull a camera, a fiber cable across the parking lot or anything like that. That's which awesome. Is, you yeah. know, I think that's what a, a gal. That's how the relationship continues to grow and work. It's just like, she's just not telling us what to do, but she does tell us what to do, which sure. that's the joke, but she's out there doing it with us. I mean, someone has to lead for sure. And do you feel like you're a more support role? Absolutely. Even though y'all co-lead, yep. you're more support. For sure. I like that. So she's getting the vision downloaded from Youth Pastor. Yep. Here's what we want to accomplish. But she knows enough technically to be able to say, um, here's what we can do yes. instead. But or- she's also enough programming minded that she's like, she, she will take one of their ideas and actually make it better. Uh, because she'll throw something that she thinks about in it as well. And they're like, Oh yeah, we like that better. Let's, let's do that. So yeah, she knows the technical side, but she also knows how to make it even better than, than something that someone pitched a lot of times. So with this event, what's the biggest challenge technically you're trying to figure out the two Sundays? Well, technically the second Sunday where we will be live doing youth X and we will be live doing a worship experience. Um, uh. so I haven't got all that quite figured out yet. So a separate uplink. Yep. Got I, it. I, and to the point where we need to, last year we did it, we did run throughs and we kind of did them offline. They were actually happening, but it was all done via com. And so we didn't see any content or anything like that. And so this year we're actually going to split up. So we have, um, four MEs available to us on our switcher. And so we're going to split two MEs to do show a another two to do show B that way when show A is on air, show B can fully be doing a run through with everything. Uh, And we're going to bring in another, we're going to add a SD nine to the system 
to do the second show. So we truly have two audio consoles doing yep. all the production mics as well. So we get full content because there's just no, there's no offline time this year. Last year when we did those rebroadcasts, we went off. We were still on air just playing right. back a file, but we were able to route that directly to the encoders and have all the gear available to do run-throughs. Yeah. This year, that's not an option. Got it. So it's that's the part where I haven't I haven't fully got fleshed out yet, but that's also the part that probably excites me the most because it's going to challenge me and, and make us continue to grow. So what about redundancy for the link, the, the encode? Yeah, so I'd... I am very blessed. I don't have to do a lot with the encode other than pass my SDI handoff, but our team does have, um, we've got multiple encoders with multiple channels. And I think last year we also sent it to another service so that if something went down, we had another service to flip it over to so that we could, uh, could keep it going. You guys probably have two telcos like Comcast and charter or, or you probably have there's multiple. four. Four. Yeah. yeah. Right. It t- yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Some churches can't do that because of the way the politics are with zip codes. Like, mm-hmm. nope, you're in this zip code. It's you can't even get the service. No, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like here's your one. Yeah. So like they're using hotspots as a backup. A lot of churches don't have an occult. You know. Like a lot of churches worship leader and a oh yeah. Sound guy. And so it's like mm-hmm. having the in between there is like big time. Yeah. You know, for sure kind of puts everything in order and in process and in line. No, what you guys do in Charlotte, there's no TV station that does as complex as what you guys do. Yeah. It's it's a very unique animal. Some would say Zach is the brains behind the operation, but he wears Crocs, so I have to disagree. Well, right now he's wearing Yeezys. That's true. Even well, I'm just I'm a Yeezys bad. on because I just don't know how bad. far we were actually walking to get coffee. I'm like, I'm not wearing my Crocs if I don't know how far we're walking. Yeah. Or we walked 300 feet. Yeah, you're right. But I didn't know that. <laughs> what a workout. That's yeah. funny. Well, we walked to the coolest church coffee shop I've for ever sure. seen. Oh, I yeah. I don't think they want people to know it's a church coffee shop. It's across the street. Like, you wouldn't know. And it doesn't say Javaluya on it or any weird thing like that. <laughs> Holy or Jesus or, coffee. Yeah. yeah. Hebrews. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, told, <laughs> I told Jay if I would have known it was a church coffee shop, immediately in my mind, the coffee wouldn't have been as good. Is that weird? That's totally true. It's I totally mean, like, true, I mean, he told me afterwards, and I'm like, no way. I mean, it had a brewery vibe. It did. It did. It, was, it, was, it was a solid, solid coffee shop. We have to give them the shout out. The church is Beach Church. Yep. And the coffee shop name was what was it? Sago. S E G O. S A G O Coffee. Sago. Yeah. Very memorable name. Obviously, that's the only bad part. But it was great. It was great. Yeah, it and was awesome. The staff, like the service, they were kind. Yeah. They were talkative. It was like engaging. I I, I thought it was great. It was great. There it was awesome. Yeah, shout out to Sego Coffee. Jeff let me skip in line today and catch up with him today. That's right. I got there late and there was about 20 people in front of me. Yeah. That's funny. Thanks, So, YouthX, yep. mid-July, everybody who um, is interested to see what they're doing, make sure to just... It's on YouTube, right? Keep yeah, it'll be back. Elevation yeah. Youth on YouTube. Elevation if you just youth. search for Elevation Youth, it'll be there. Yeah. Awesome. So, Adam, what's been going on at Central? Man, um, we've got uh, a lot of projects going right now. We're working on new music with the band. We just re-recorded um, an album that we did three months ago, and a kind of a reimagined version. So just a lot of different sounds, a lot of different parts, um, and we're filming content for that right now. We're also working on campus projects, upgrades, uh, strategic planning for next year, and very importantly, planning summer rest for a lot of people on our team. 
So you're strategically planning rest. Yes. How, what's that look like? Um, man, that's like from our, from our top down, like highest level leadership all the way to day one intern. Like we really value making sure everyone gets rest appropriate amount of rest to try to prevent, you know, burnout fatigue. Yeah. Like it's super important because when people are rested and they're happy, they perform well. Yeah. And, uh, and so we've gone through and just said like, Hey, these are a certain amount of weeks over summer. That's a great time for everybody to get some rest, check with your immediate supervisor. Don't overlap weekends. Um, and it's a, it's a big morale booster for the team. So when we come back in the fall, like for like our, you know, kickoff season, if you will, um, everyone's just fired up and ready to go. Like everyone's had a break. No one's been grinding through the summer and, and you know, it's a, it's a very valuable tool for the team. Yeah. You guys run really hard when you're running. Yeah, for sure. So I could see how that's really needed. Also, this makes me think like we're going through this with our church. COVID was so nuts for production teams was. And then once it started to like kind of turn around in some cities, then it was Christmas. Right. Then there was another lockdown and now it's like opening and back up again. And churches are treating it like grand openings. Right. Right. They were like, it's just pedal to the metal again. We haven't really had the post Easter. No lull. It's been Easter was great. And now let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like design, enhance, improve, uh, you know, your online experience building television studios like yes. building broadcast mixes like overnight just go 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 and then we would go into yeah christmas and then back down to doing broadcast stuff and stream stuff and then easter yeah. and now we're open and so there's no one's had a chance to kind of just disconnect for a little bit yeah and just relax and so uh, I'm, I'm super thankful for our church leadership that sees a value in that this summer and we're going to make sure that everyone gets some time just to take a little bit of a breather while still keeping like our our executing the weekend at the highest level yeah i'm a little worried i guess is what i'm saying about just church teams in general just health yeah they've just been going non-stop since march of yeah. 2020 right and now going into summer like we're seeing this you know it's like hey we're tired and overworked but if you're not careful you just look at the previous two weeks and you go well not a lot's been going on why are, you, why are you so busy? You have to think about the last 14 months, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's the same for a lot of sort of industries. I mean, I think yeah. it's the same for school teachers. It's the same for people who had to figure out working from home. It's like just because you're home more and just because your day might be shorter or whatever, it's like the stress level and what it took to pull all that off it was a lot more than normal. Yeah. So. Just being aware of that, I think, is huge. Good for you guys for doing that. Yeah, I think it's super important. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I really am looking forward to it. There's a lot of guys that on our team that have just been really like, you know, there's there's those. Everyone's got those few guys that carry a lot. Yeah, and yeah. there's those guys that you know you got to force them to take a break. And summer's going to be a good time for them just to like unwind a little bit. Twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of the work. Absolutely. I think is the- I see that with everything. Really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in every industry. It's everywhere. It's yep. can be avoided sometimes. So like most church tech directors, they don't have big staffs like a lot of us do. So, you know, we're thinking about leading large groups of people, but we were talking about this earlier, drinking coffee this morning, how important it is that you're not just leading up to your pastors and executive pastors or worship leaders, but you actually need to lead down. Jay, you said something. You said... Was it profound? Of course. You you said you want to see church tech directors 
in the nitty gritty in the lives of their team and volunteers. Yeah, I think uh, where we were all kind of talking about just people we're in contact with, and um, it feels like all of us people are just kind of looking for some refuge because teams are have been maxed out for fourteen plus months, and it's been quite a pivot, and and even management is trying to figure out how to deal with burnout and teams and all that and so it feels it feels like a, a season that that rest is a good idea but showing up as part of it it's kind of required yeah and and i think that's can get super scary because i could sit in a seat and count light bulbs and not be present yeah you know and, and so i think there's like a leadership style that's not really helping a lot of people that is that requires attendance over attention and i think that's a dangerous place uh, talk about that a for people more. to be I, I think that showing up you know some people say showing up is part of it which i agree with like put your big boy pants on and show up but like zach and 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 uh adam were talking about some planning and rest is a part of the equation too and i don't know if our community has had that in 14 months since covid i mean a lot, a lot of people pivoted in days and it's been every week there's a new purchase needed or a new plan, you know, gears failing. Hey, we can't do this. We need this. Well, and um, you were talking about a kid that you know who was trying to be present and be there. And totally. He would show up and literally sit for minutes in his parking space at the church before he could go in to, I think, to do his job because he's like, I'm done. To- 100%. Um, Sitting in your car and not wanting to go inside is a scary place to be, too. My, I, honestly, years ago for me, my counselor asked me when I was on the road a ton, when I got home, uh, if I would park my car and walk, in, and walk into my loft. And I said, no. I said, I don't always do that. And she asked me to unpack that. And there were days that I would park my car and I could be in my car anywhere from uh, – three minutes to 30 minutes at one point, maybe a couple of hours. And I could just be screwing around on Instagram or checking my email or just sitting there. But there was something about going, getting out of my car and going in. There was a barrier there for some reason. And it's because home didn't feel like home for me. And so my counselor literally needed to get to the root of why. And my home felt like a hotel room. Like I lived out of my bag. Didn't matter how many days I was home. I could be home for three weeks straight and I would live out of my bag. So I think, you know, can apply in our workplaces too, where work doesn't feel like home and not like literal home, but like a safe place. And so I think uh, attendance over attention is a scary place to be when attendance is required and not your attention. Like uh, I don't, I mean, I, you know, I work for myself, so I'm, I'm not trying to throw people under the bus or doing that, but I see often like where attendance is required and not attention. Yeah. Like I need you in the, building seven days a week but i don't need your attention and that it's like you just feel like you're a utility a hundred percent and then like a piece of furniture and it goes the other way too from leadership you need their attention as well well i think a lot of times like with the whole attention thing is leadership sees that kimry's there but what leadership doesn't actually know is there's a whole team of people doing what that leadership team thinks that i might be doing so I don't have anything going on with what's going on. It's all the guys underneath it that I trust, you know, but leadership trusts me. They don't, and they can't see through me to all the other people that are actually pulling the weight. I, I, I think the the sister to the, uh, 
attendance and attention thing is control and care. So a lot of times it feels that attendance and control is is what is there when I really would love attention and care. Yeah. And I think if you can care, then attendance and attention kind of fixes itself, right? And so if if you if you care and are in my world and in my life, then you know that I need a few days. Mm-hmm. And so my my attention is then what you get when I'm back. Uh, instead of you want to control me by making me be there seven days a week or whatever it is, like uh, you know. And this goes across. This is not just church world, but anything in life, friendships, relationships. Yeah. Right. I honestly I don't talk to Jeff that much. We've been friends fifteen years. No, twenty twenty years. Uh, you recorded my band in 2000. Yeah, baby. Uh, story for another day. Uncle, um, Uncle Jed's oil. <laughs> Uncle Jed's oil, yeah. Uh, God, we suck so bad. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know how you got through that. Uh, I didn't even know how to turn the B3 on. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to ask. <laughs> well, there's a power sequence to the B3. Oh, it's, yeah. Once you, you know, once you learn it, you'll never I, forget I it, but you got to learn it. Uh, yeah. But uh, I don't have to talk to Jeff that much, but when I do talk to Jeff, he's got my attention, and I know that there's mutual care. There's right. no control in that. There's no attendance required. And so I think it translates It's not just a box that you check. It's an yeah, actual think, relationship. Um, yeah. And it feels the more and more I'm talking to people this year as, as people are available a little more and have time to talk and friends all over the country and world, just kind of, especially church working folks, I'm realizing that we're all dying a little bit because attendance and control it's what's dictating our moves. And so, I mean, Marcus said it earlier, you know, as he's going around and just being with church families and stuff is that half the time he's spending talking to people about their circumstances, not necessarily even about gear or what's coming up and, and that kind of stuff. So I think that we've just got to figure out a healthy way to, to manage up and down and to lead up and down. You know, I, I, I have often said you, uh, lead up and manage down, but Lee made a good point that there's seasons for times for all of that. I think it's trying to figure out how to do it both ways all the time. Otherwise we're not going to make it especially, and I'm not picking on super young people. They're just being raised in a different world than the world grew up that I grew up in. Yeah. And, and so they're not going to last. They're not going to make it. You're not, we're going to run out of employees that have been around 10, 15, 20 years. We're going to have very transactional, Production teams, I think it's super unhealthy to have transactional production teams. The grass isn't always greener, but community and family wins and care and attention wins, you know, in that regard. So well, I think we talked about it earlier. Part of the problem generationally is there's a bunch of guys who are getting their first job at oh, a church yeah. at 23 or 24 who've never had a job. They never stock shelves at a grocery store. They never worked in a restaurant. They never bus tables. They never had to work as a teenager and so they come into the workplace never having been managed before and they're supposed to be an adult but i i think that people don't know how to lead those people either so right. i think it's, it's both. not it's not both. just yeah i don't want to just pick on the young i mean i do all the time like i say damn kids all the time or kids these days or whatever but it's just kind of different worlds but i don't know how 30 plus 35 plus 40s 50 year olds know how to manage 20 year olds these days we're uh, the world's just moving way faster than him. My six-year-old nephew knows how to do things on my sister's phone that like, I have to ask people to show me. You know, It's just a different world, and things are moving way quicker. I think we have an opportunity in the production community, our tribe of people, to really just 
in a fast-paced world, right, when we're talking about 100-something-an-hour events to make sure we take care of each other. The event's going to happen. Yeah. Whether it's us or someone else, you know. And guys like Zach and Adam and Lee that are in church leadership positions and Jeff and Marcus and myself that are not in specific church roles but are involved in the community and have access to these people, I think it's our job to look people square in the eye and ask, are you okay? And if you see they're not okay, not going, okay, I need to deal with that, but like hitting it on the head, you know? I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just think that if you could pull in a healthy way the whole industry in the church, outside of the church, I think we're all just a little hurting just a little bit. Yeah. And not just from absence of work outside the church, but just we're a little burned on all ends. So. I think that's why we're all here. It's we didn't really come here to go to the UFC event, right? We came to sit around and hang out with each other, right? Because it's been a while since we've been together in person, yeah. And that face to face, in person contact is so important. It is. Plus, we got to see Marcus's outfit. I feel like we're shifting, so let me make something light real quick, and let's have let's let's get this let's stir the pot real quick, Adam. So Kim is just texting me. Kim is my wife, and she's out getting a pedicure right now. So this is me hijacking oh, the podcast because <laughs> Adam and myself love to get a pedicure, but the other four here, I don't know. So if you're listening and you've never gotten one, you got to go drop what you're doing right now and go take your whole team. Google, Google one, look it up, make an appointment and go over there right now. Yes. You will thank us later. I don't want anyone messing with my toes, dude. It's not like they don't like paint your nails. We're just talking like clean up all the crap, trim your nails, clean I mean, underneath the nails. I shouldn't have rub, crap in my toes rub to your, begin with. Rub your feet. Oh, man. You it like go. soaks in little mini hot tubs, and yeah. you're sitting in a massage chair while they do it. Really? Yeah. Yes. If you go to the right place, they'll serve you beer. Well, I, I, <laughs> there's nothing bad. There's no downside. No, I'm no. not doing it. I, don't, I can't do this. I was adamantly opposed until last night. There's a small window of opportunity opening because as you were explaining to me, it was, I think they need to change the name. Like, yeah. Call it a foot massage. Yeah. I was like getting to the minutia. Like what is the ratio of massage to toe digging? I would say it's what, like <laughs> half and half. Yeah. Not even. I think there's more massage than there is. Yeah. And the more they talked about Maybe it, I was like, like 60, if there's 40. more massage involved, yeah. I might be more in. But the digging around on my toes, like I'm out. <laughs> they, grind they definitely they, don't they, need to name it toe digging. They grind that stuff off your heel, you know? <laughs> no. No, they don't need to name it that. I just bought the domain. <laughs> ToeDiggers.com. <laughs> don't, go, don't go to that website. Is or it, if there's an option to like opt out, just massage. Here's typically how toe care goes for me. <laughs> toenails get long enough that it's like clearly I need to cut my toenails. Putting holes in your socks. Yeah, it's like right on the edge of like I could cut you if I run into you. Yeah. And then I'll cut them. So do you wait until your toenails are long or do you cut them yourself and go? Or is is it preventative care? Is this maintenance? Like what it's like when it drags relaxation. your sock when you pull it on, you're like, hey, I should trim those. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because because I climb, I pretty much trim my toenails every week. So yeah. I'm the little exception there with that aspect of it. But yeah. I don't, if I didn't climb, I would probably just like, oh, my toenails are a long time. Get a pedicure. Hence yeah. why he's more into it than I would be. Yeah. I have total disregard. Do you get a pedicure about as frequently as you get a haircut? 
Well, Kim cuts my hair, so that's free. So I can get that pretty often. It's easy, and the pedicure is like 30 bucks. So it's not as often as I would like. I'd probably go weekly if it was free. Yeah. Interesting. Mm, I don't know. They're skeptical. Yeah. I'm still out. Maybe we'll do it. We'll do a next another episode of you guys actually getting them done. You can do a Why don't we do that? Go on tour. Just a yeah, that's a great idea. In the parking lot. Okay. <laughs> we'll rent out the whole place. Okay, Marcus, you helped kind of bring up that earlier conversation, but like what else what else are you seeing in churches now that like I don't want to say COVID's over, but we're kind of coming around out of it. Lots of churches are meeting again. What are you seeing? The main thing I'm seeing is the struggle of producing a live event versus a non-alive event. So in COVID, you have time and margin and, and all week to do pre-recorded services, pre-recorded pre and post host content. Yep. So churches that weren't doing that previously are doing it now, and you can edit, you can stop you can retake do all that stuff well everybody likes that but now the expectation is you do it live Mm. and so right because you still have this audience at home watching online right it's like hey that's cool we've got more engagement people feel more involved and now the expectation is okay let's do that live well pastors and leadership might think that's a good idea but that puts a huge burden on the tech team and the struggle is communicating up and down, like you're talking about. How do you do that effectively? Yeah. Well, especially when, you know, because we've seen a lot of small to mid-sized churches who've gotten a lot better during COVID, which is something to celebrate. Like yeah. their mix is better. The content is better. It's more engaging. Their, their audience is more engaged. It's great. But they've had the luxury of time, like you're saying. And so when the expectation is so high, my, my fear is that those are the guys who aren't going to be able to continue to pull it off. For sure. And yet the expectation is well, that's because going to be there. Everybody looks at what Zach and Elevation are doing when COVID happened and said, they're the best at this and we don't have to be live. We could pre-record this and actually program something similar to right. an elevation or transformation or these giant online churches but to do them live is a whole other beast well and some of it is not just the technical logistics some of it is like you said they have the option for multiple takes because their right. their communicator might not be able to do it that great live every time. Right. Their worship team might not be able to perform it that well every time and yeah. in tune and on time and all that. And yeah, so, it's like if it's pre-recorded, your pre and post hosts, there's not a band rehearsing. At the same time. At the, at same, the same time. Right. right. So it depends on the timing of all of this when you go to full live. Like in what order is what happening and are there simultaneous audio content happening and someone's in the lobby introducing the service while the band is rehearsing. Yep. It's a lot to go from pre-recorded to live events. It's nuts. And how do you advise a 27-year-old tech director that's the only staff person? How does he have the conversation with a senior leader when they say, hey, let's keep doing that, but you know in your head as the technical leader 
Well, what it takes to then pull that off, like Elevation staff is a ton of people. Right. <laughs> They've dedicated online staff. But you don't want to say no. Or maybe you do say no, and the pastor says, well, we got to start somewhere. What can we do? That's a, That right there, when they put that back on you, that that's is a lot. It is a lot. And that's a ton of pressure to go, how do I then maintain healthy volunteer team stewardship and the budget and what pieces of gear like that is a lot to manage and it's it goes back to what jay was saying that person above has to be more into caring than controlling the pastor or whoever is above yeah whoever's asking for that yeah no you're right so right. yeah, I think that I think it happens on multiple levels. I think the care comes can trickle down, you know, yeah, all the way to the top or halfway there. But it's the guys on the bottom that are suffering. Mm-hmm. That's what we're seeing. Right. So we've identified the problem really well. It's a potential pothole that people are going to face in the coming months. What are a couple of practical things that we could say would be good advice, good best practices, good first steps? as people try to navigate some of this. Because we can't just set up the problem and go, good luck, everybody. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty um, sure. Pretty sure. Gosh, I don't know. I think the first thing that came to my mind was, I think sometimes the smartest thing you can do is say, I don't think we can do that. And not in a, yeah, I mean, it's not a no, but it's like, I actually don't know how to do that and maintain everything else that needs maintained. Like that the service goes well. For the few hundred people in the room, maybe, and that the volunteer team doesn't get burned out. I think you just have to go. Currently, we, I don't think we can do that, and here's why. You, you have to. I think you have to say. Yeah, yeah. You have to say or, why. Or here's what it's going to cost if we want to. Or here's what yeah. it would do to the team if we tried to. Or whatever. Yeah. But I think you know the answer also needs to be that these limitations are so that we can continue to provide a good yeah. live experience that is the worship and the talk. Yeah. Like adding all these other things that we've added live. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's the challenge. Yeah. It's not necessarily, oh, we just need to throw away our online experience. No, it's some of these additional things that were done in post-production might not be able to continue all the time. I've seen it, but this has happened to us where we get asked to do something and we, we say all the right things back, you know? Uh, okay. Yes, we can do that. And here's what that means. We would need to add a contractor for this or spend say $20,000 on this piece of gear that would enable us to do this. And pastors or leaders or executives or CFOs may have already predetermined whatever the tech team tells you, it'll cost less than half of what they say the first time. Like that happens, that mentality, like, we got to plan a church. What's it going to cost? Well, it's going to cost $400,000 in gear for us to launch a church. The whole time, the pastor's thinking, well, when I did this in 96, we raised $12,000 for the AVL gear, and now our church is 20,000 <laughs> people. So don't tell me that. That that happens. Yeah. So it's happened to me where you ask for that, even if it's, you know, like I said, add, add live hosting, microphones, camera. Let's say it's 20 grand. I'm just making stuff up. But then you don't get it but they still want you to do it and you figure out how to do it anyway. And you pull it off with, you pulled some gear out of a closet and scheduled an extra volunteer for four weeks. It goes great. Week five battery on 
pastor's mic on stage dies in the middle of service. And then the next week, the recording deck failed. And then the next week, you your printer backstage is out of paper and you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like then all or you other, have a week where that new volunteer can't show up at the last minute. Right. Or, yeah. So then you, that you start getting asked, why are all these little mistakes starting to happen? Well, we were doing good. And then we added just one other little thing. And now all these little paper cuts are a symptom of the, of this issue that I asked to do a different way. Does that make sense? What I said? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had this conversation this week. It was like, how about we not add a layer of complexity to the service until we are consistently great for two or three months? Yes. Right? It's not, we had one week of success. We tried something new. Now let's try something new again. Let's try something new again. And then seven weeks down the road, it's crazy. And then start things start falling apart. Yep. I think uh, on a very, very, very practical level is that you've got to get out of the space, not just physically, like walk, get out of the building, out of the space. You might need some friends that aren't in your world. Like I, I do see this all the time. I love it when production teams actually hang out together. I actually, I told Zach that I like, I love how much you and your team like spend time together. I think that strengthens everything. But sometimes when you only live, I'm not saying y'all are doing this, by the way, but sometimes when you only live in that bubble, you don't see how toxic or bad it is in that season. So get it, like having friends that don't work at church or aren't in production, even if they work at the church, but kind of removing yourself and having some fun. Get a hobby. Like do something that is, has nothing to do with your job. It doesn't have to be time-consuming and financially draining and none of that stuff. I don't care if it's going for walks or whatever. Like, get yourself out of your world for a minute a week, you know, something. And for me, it was some friends that understood my church world, um, but saw me going downhill that were, for six months, were like, you need to go. You need an escape. You got to get out of this scenario, and you need a break. And so I think having those people in your life is vital, but I think also having a life outside of your life is vital to you and whatever that looks. Also, I'm just going to say this out loud. If you're drinking every day and that's your escape, then that's not good. You need you need to stop yeah. and find some help in that or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be drinking. It could be anything. I love a good, good drink like anyone else, but if that's your crutch, whatever it is, like you got to, you got to create space, find some help. Yeah. I think the space thing is the thing. You got to be real with yourself. And sometimes I was in a position several years ago where I could not, I could justify my work hours. I could justify everything. And I wasn't working at a church, but I could justify anything in my life. And three specific friends happened to all be named Ryan. Uh, two of them together and one by themselves. So like, bro, this cycle is not good for you. And they said it for six months. And finally, one of them goes, something's got to give. You got four weeks to figure it out. And I did forcefully. They forced me. I figured some things out and it was great. But had they been in my immediate world, they wouldn't have saw it. So I think that's healthy. Check and balance. All that to say, I can't hang out with you guys too much. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's so good. Even if you work on a church staff, like who do you talk to about stuff that you would normally talk to a pastor about? I have noticed that church staff don't have non church friends. And I think that is wild. Yeah. But they also don't have, like you're saying, they don't have 
pastoral counseling right. in the way that a bank teller at the church might be able to go to right. a, a care leader or a small group director at church to go, I really need some help. If you do that as a staff person, yeah, it's like you got to go maybe find somebody at a different church to do that for you because yes. internally that could cause just weird stuff. We among, just we have this unnecessary pressure to be perfect. It's just not needed. We're just as broken in the church as people outside the church. We don't need to be perfect. Yeah. But I think just healthy balance of non-church church people, non-believers in your life, non-church working people, you know, they can be believers, just some space to be safe. Or when you like because I hang out with a lot of the people that I work with. That's probably who, and we all work. Which is amazing. At a church. But when we hang out, whether we're eating barbecue or just going out and doing something, we don't talk about church. And I'll actually, a lot of days, like, hey, can y'all shut the hell up? Like, we're out. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. let's <laughs> let's not talk about that. Let's yeah. just, like, relax. Let's chill. Let's yeah. get that off our mind. We used to have a thing on tour where, if it was an off day and we were going to lunch or doing something together as a crew, it was like, all right, guys, for this next period of time, nobody's allowed to talk about gear or other gigs. Yep. We're not gonna we're not gonna relive the history of the two thousand eight version of whatever, whatever. That's like every morning in catering, that's bus driver conversation, truck driver conversation. It's like, y'all ever driven past the whatever, whatever in Nebraska? Boy, that, you know. Yeah. And they just relive those yeah. glory day moments. Yeah. You know, I was in a blizzard going uphill both yeah. ways in the snow, and it was, you know. I, like do, you, I do love sitting with bus and truck drivers. Oh, it's so. amazing, yeah. Sure, but I, I did have a young guy tell me recently, he's like, yeah, our week's kind of nuts. He said, uh, I put my phone next to the shower and had a conference call this morning. Like, if you don't have time to take a shower, first off, wake up a little earlier. But two, if it's that detrimental, don't take the shower. Yeah. <laughs> or there's just no reason I can think of to have a conference call with your boss while you're in the shower. Like life can wait That's five minutes. Insane. Yeah. It I, really, it bugged me. And then I realized this person's just in a little bit of an unhealthy spot, but I was like, man, you've got to have some boundaries. You got to have some well, safe space. And I love to work. I really do love yeah, to work. Yeah. And so I I'm think not like just, telling people not to work. Not a conference call, but when you said that, it reminded me about the whole phone thing. It's, there has to be time. And that we deal with this in my house. It's like, Liz is reminding me often, just leave the phone over there for a for a little bit so we can just We did learn last night that your phone is not even in your bedroom at night. Right. Mainly because we text too late. Well <laughs> but it's a, it, at least it, three hours behind Jeff and I, so yeah. it's Lee's it is fault. a thing though. It's like, you know, we don't we don't have a TV in our bedroom. We don't charge our phones in our bedroom. It's like when it's time to put stuff away, put it away. And there is a way to live your life a little bit less tethered to the phone and the world's not going to stop spinning. I think, uh, God, I hate homework. I'm not trying to try not to have a small group. But I think for us, homework. even like at dinner last night, we did a great job of just having conversation and not paying attention. I know guys who, when they go to dinner with friends, everybody's phone is in the middle of the table and it's face down. And it's like, we're not going to do it. We're not going to, yeah. you know, and I think that's a great, practice it might be a good challenge for some, no, of, some I was, of these guys. i was thinking uh, as we've been talking two random people came to my mind i think that that's kind of how world works sometimes when you have a random person in mind you probably need to reach out so i would just say that uh whether it's internal of your organization or external we probably all have friends and yeah uh, a, everyone just reach out to one or two people this week 
in internally or externally and just kind of check on them. Check I think in. sometimes sometimes it's like like you feel like why did that person call me? What do they know that I don't know? I don't think it's that. I think it's uh safe to say that we all probably need to check on each other. You are allowed more. to use your phone for that. You can use your phone for that. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Dad said we can have our phones till 9 p.m. But let's all check on each other. It can't hurt. And probably outside of your organization, someone that's maybe not in your immediate world. You know? Your DMs are going to be full now. DM me all you want. I don't have to read them. It's my Instagram. <laughs> it's like when people call me, like, you didn't call me back. Well, you don't pay my damn phone bill. Dude, I, okay. Can we talk about that for a second? When someone sends you a text message, are you required to reply? It's courteous, no. I would say, but it's not required. I don't. It's like Adam hasn't texted me back in six months. Uh, Adam Taylor is the worst person on the planet to respond to a message. Yeah, there's like so. If I'm being honest, there's like a pecking order of who I respond to, like the soonest. Wife Drew. Uh, I'm not going to share that list. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily in this order. <laughs> there, there are pe- there, there's people on that list of like, yeah, I got to get back to them right away. And I mean, all of us yeah. probably get a lot of messages and. Get back when you can. But I get a lot of people have my phone number. I met a lot of people over the years and I'll get texts and then just not respond. But not because I'm trying to like ignore them, but just because that's going to take a lot of I'm with you. time and attention. And it can be rest. exhausting. It can be. Yeah. And I guess DMs are the same way a little bit, but the cell phone is like, well, if they have my number, sometimes I feel like I have to respond. It depends on what they ask. Like if you get a very like intense question that's like, this is going to take me 10 minutes to unpack this, Like, rather than just scheduling a call with someone, I feel like that's a lot better of being like, hey, do you have a moment to chat about this sometime over the next two weeks? I've got a couple questions, and I'd love to write down your answers. Rather than making yeah. you or me or whoever's getting the text sit there and be like, okay, one, don't do this. Two, you need to do that. Three, do this. Like That's hard on someone that has a lot of stuff going on. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so I think being mindful of that stuff's really important. I guess I'm also talking about people outside of your immediate friends group, your family group. Yeah. Like the like one layer past that. Because yeah. here's one thing I freaking hate is when I text someone, a colleague, whether that can be someone who's below me in the organization, above me, sideways, whatever, and you ask them something and then they don't respond. And it's something specific that you need an answer to. Yeah. And you're yeah. going to wait two days to respond to a text message. Like, okay, big shot. You're not that much of a big shot. Like, I've had phone calls with CEOs of $100 million audio manufacturers, and they return calls. And they return texts. Right. Like, there's a weird thing with, like, pastors and church people for some reason that they don't do that crap. Am I stepping in something we shouldn't step in? No, you're right. And it's funny because like there's certain people on staff that I can text and I'll never hear back, but I could text our CFO right now and he'd respond immediately to me. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> right. I, I think it's, it's intention, you know, like pet peeve for me is small talk. I don't need small talk. Like don't text me and say, Hey, and then wait for me to reply. And then how you doing? Then I just, just, yeah. Like, Hey, Blah, 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 blah. I need the blah, 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 blah. And then I'll decide. If you respond, text me with just hey or hi or small talk, I'm going to be annoyed. I might respond. That's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's about intention. Uh, In a work environment, things like Slack and stuff have really helped that. Yeah. I think um, on on my personal level, like if I want to continue a relationship with that person, then I'll respond. 
But I think that's about having boundaries and healthy friendships and all that stuff. And sometimes you see a text and you don't respond and and you forget. Like give people grace too. But yeah. But I'm just on a constant like I have just learned to just either knock it out as soon as I get it or put it on my to do list. Why does Apple not let you flag text oh to go? My oh gosh. my gosh! Yes, mark on red. red button or yeah, like put it in a folder for something later. I know. Steve do you guys just, have do you guys have red receipts on? No, for everybody. Nope. Just my wife. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I don't, you don't on you for know. me. Yeah. So I see when you read them. Yeah. So I, it's convenient when you're the one getting the info <laughs> when, you're, when you're the filter. Yeah. Right. But the way I read text, I don't always respond when I read them. So I don't want to leave someone on red and not respond. Yeah. Right. DM me. And if I can help you or do it, then I will. It may not be in the next six minutes. You know, I don't know why I picked six, but, um, but I will try. Like I want to, I, I'll pick uh, a Robert Scoville, time, Jay. honestly, is the king of that for me because I sent him a Facebook message when I was in London and he was doing Hyde Park. Who was this? Robert Scoville. Oh. Remember him? Yeah. He hadn't been on the podcast in a week, said. so you might have forgot. <laughs> um, but he wrote me back on Facebook and said, hey, you're welcome to come to Soundcheck. He, it was Tom Petty and Stevie Nicks. And he told me I was welcome to come to Soundcheck. You know, he's like... For the show, it's ticketed, blah, blah, blah. I don't have any control on that, which is great. He didn't know me. And I went to Soundtrack, and he told me when I got there, he's like, hey, sit right here. And uh, at the end, he, was he like, created great boundaries. He was like, hey, he's like, uh, at the end, if you have questions, I'll get to him. He's like, I'm trying, I'll try not to talk to you in Soundtrack so I can focus, which I thought was amazing, you know. But he responded. I'm like, and this guy's a legend. And so I'm like, who the hell do I think I am, you know? I don't even know how to turn on half the consoles. So <laughs> I'm curious, Zach and Adam, you we we don't have a ton of Instagram followers. I don't want to make this like we're trying to big shot people, but I know you get a ton of traffic in your DMs, people asking gear questions. Do you find it's too many to respond to all of them? And how do you filter that? Um, honestly, it can get exhausting. And I, I say this in a, the best way I can, but I want to. I want you to try and build a relationship with me first before you just cut straight to what I've already dug and pulled my hair out to figure out. Like I don't want to give you all the information immediately. Like my team struggled to get through that. We figured that out, and you're just, oh, that was cool. How'd you do it? Yeah. Well, we put a bunch of band aids on some stuff and made it happen. Like I think that's the one thing I struggle with a lot. Is like everybody thinks just because we're elevation and we just throw money at everything. No, we don't. We pull yeah. our hair out a lot of days and throw gear down and put it together and string it up and make it work. And we'll 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 do something for months before I even try and put a real solution in. Yep. And I think that that's that's what bothers me about the the DMs is like a lot of days there's no way to get around saying you you can't do that with your gear you've got. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. And I hate doing that. Right. That's not my heart. You know, I want to help people. I want to help them grow as well. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, no, I, I figured we figured that out. I hate I think that's a, There's a great lesson in there because I was in your rack room the other day and literally you're doing exactly that. You've got a new solution planned. Yes, yeah, literally laying on the and floor. It's laying you on saw the floor. It. It's not even rack screws. It's not it's even ugly. been there yet. It's, it's ugly. It's not cabled, dressed. It's not. It's not even fully functional. It's like, okay, this is what we're thinking. Is this going to work? It's plugged in. It's doing its thing. And when it proves its 
usefulness, then we'll actually dress it out, screw it in the rack and make it happen and undo what we've got working now as the solution. But I think that's a great practice yeah. to go, gosh, we are, you know, we're working on this hard yeah. all the time and people don't see that part of it. Yeah. That's good. I think that's the thing is like, you've got to build a relationship with me before I'll show you my equipment room. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like it's the one thing I should be the most proud of, but a lot of days it's the messiest thing in the building. Yeah, and there's, sounds there's, like my dating life. There's a lot of mess. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's a lot of mess behind, you know, the product that we put out. I can't. I should know it, but I don't. But Pastor preached a sermon one time about the mess behind the scenes. Yeah, and I, that wasn't his title or anything. I know I botched that, but like that's what it was. Like there's a lot going on behind the scenes that you don't even know about. Sausage to, factory to get to where we go. Get to by the time you pull it up on your phone and watch it live. Yeah. 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 There's a lot you could say about the sausage factory, just church and politics and yeah. Yeah. All that. Any organization. Yeah. Church is harder. Uh, because like, I mean, if I work for Microsoft, I don't have to believe it in the heart. Right. But in church world, like watching the sausage made at Microsoft feels different than watching the sausage made at church. Right. Cause there's so much heart in the thing. Yeah. When you read these books about Steve jobs, no one gets mad at, how much of an ass he was to some of his team, right. you know, or you watch the Michael Jordan documentary, but if like you hear that a church organization, if these high output teams that are doing amazing stuff have similar leaders and similar things happening, it's like, we can't have that. It's a church. It shouldn't be that way, but it can get nasty. I, th- I think that comes back to care. How you care for people. There you go. The other stuff kind of falls in line, you know? Yeah. Well, I kind of want to keep talking. I want to ask Adam about some console stuff, and I want to talk about how much I hate the Behringer Wing as of right now. We won't do that yet. But, but that that'll be in an upcoming episode. Okay. Um. Yeah. So Adam, you, the Behringer Wing is smarter than Lee, is what I'm hearing. Uh, false. Yeah. I. I don't know. We don't need to go there right okay. now. But I do want to talk about your console upgrade. Yep. Um. Because you guys have put in the new Quantum three three eight consoles from Digico. Yes. So. Obviously, you were mixing on Midas for a long time, mm-hmm. and they kind of just aged out. I mean, they're yeah, they stopped supporting it, and it's it was an older, you know, the Pro Series is no longer supported, and it's just kind of okay, time to make a change. So, I love the three three eight, but I know um, those Midas desks have a particular sound. Yeah, the preamps and the EQ, mm-hmm. it, it it is a sound that's sure. different from the Digico. So extremely different. What's been your impression so far? How are you liking it? Workflow wise, yeah. Show file wise, like how's it going? That's great. I mean, I'll say you know with a caveat that um, I, I try to be a very good steward of our resources that I'm given, and I've earned a lot of trust with our leadership team because of that. And the, you know, the other consoles I had, I think I told Jeff the story last night, but I, I rode those things to the fiery end. Yeah. Like to the point of where Lee was mixing at central a weekend when I was mixing at a different church in California, I wasn't at base. but I was somewhere else. Yeah. And I texted him. I said, Hey, just a heads up. Sometimes it loses clock and drops audio for about 10 yeah. seconds and it may happen to you. Don't, <laughs> don't panic. Good luck. <laughs> and, and it was something that, you know, every single component had been replaced and we couldn't fix it was not fixable. Yeah. And once we hit that point, we're like, okay, we're now at a point that we are, we're losing people. Like this is distracting from yeah. what's trying to be communicated from the platform. Like, and I, and you know, we went beyond that point, I think, but Midas has gone from being the world's 
greatest consoles with the XL4 to it's a freaking laughing stock of a support. Yeah. It's they're no longer a premium brand. No, they are a why did you buy that? You're going to have right. so many issues. Is that yeah. fair to say? It's fair to say and I mean at, at, there w- there was a time when they had great support. Yeah. If you had an issue, you could call them. They have great people and they figured there. out they had they had great people. <laughs> but you if you're a great person, you're great at supporting a product that's broken, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Right. And the problem was is a lot of those people are no longer there. Right. So that's a huge, you know, that's a huge problem. Yeah. Anyways, I made the decision to go forward with Digico because I've liked the workflow for years yeah. and um, the new console had just come out and it felt like the right fit for us budget wise, input wise, what it was able to do, um, being able to share inputs between broadcast, you know, monitors in front of house was super important. So you're saying that the size of your church should not dictate what console you have? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Yeah. It's your <laughs> programming needs and IO requirements. Yeah, and I actually your told console. I told this I told we Jeff and I talked about this yesterday, but those consoles are maxed right now. Like installed brand new consoles were maxed. Yeah. Like with all of our talkbacks and utility inputs and crowd mics and routing to encoders and in and out and you know, yeah. It's all max. Like, so we made that decision being like, this is what we need on a week to week basis. If we decide to grow beyond that, well, then we're going to do rentals for a large event or submix or whatever. It yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah. But there's no reason for me to buy a console that can run, you know, 10,000 inputs or whatever when it's just not needed every week. Yeah. That's good. Right. Yeah. I so, just hate it when I see churches feel like, well, we bought, we bought three Lavos, two PM 10s, and a, and a whatever. Because in an SSL, because well, the church has got twenty five thousand people. Like that doesn't have diddly to do with why you. No, it doesn't. And for someone like my team, that the guys are running. I mean, broadcast is a five, but front house and monitors is a ten, and they're both full. And to see some people that put in sevens and will never come close to maxing them out. Yeah, yeah. That's so okay. I'm catching myself here because now the PM3 Yamaha, and we're going to see this with every other console that's coming out. It does 250 inputs. Right. And it, the surface in the DSP is, it's like 35,000 bucks. So we're also now coming against that. But if you need 250 inputs and you feel like, well, then I have to buy a Quantum or a PM10 or uh, Lavo. Well, no, you don't actually. There's this whole other class of consoles that are now forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars that'll also get you right. two hundred inputs. Because mm-hmm. within those brands, all that R and D and technology is trickling down throughout the line. Yeah. So whether it's Digico or Allen Heath, right. there's stuff that's getting yes. to those lower budget friendly consoles <laughs> that you never had before. Right. Which is great. Yeah. So now decisions to buy a quarter million dollar systems is more things like accessible faders, encoders, screens, yep. yeah, um, redundancy, linking consoles together, right. you know, things like that. Right, so it's, right. I think it's actually going to get harder for churches to justify flagship consoles when companies like Allen and Heath and Yamaha and it, it'll be everybody in the next year. Yeah, you're going to be able to get 200 inputs for 50 grand. Sure. But yeah. it's not there yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. So you have how many surfaces? We've got three surfaces. Three surfaces, and they're yep. linked 
to the same stage racks via Opticore. Opticore. Yep. And so it's just fiber connection between the three. Yeah, exactly. And if you need more inputs or more stage racks or whatever, you'll just rent them when you yeah, need them. We'll just bring in an extra console, That's bring great. in an extra stage rack. It's worked really well. Um, the console itself is great. I mean, it's a giant upgrade on like the ergonomics, like the way it just feels. Just the screen. Yeah, the is screen's amazing. Is like, it, it's got the same Digico feel, but it's like almost an HD version of that. Like everything looks really good. The screens, the angle of the screens is like you don't have to get up and over the console to see what's happening. Um, you know, the 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 layout still, you know, a typical Digico layout, um, but everything's just really fast, really clean. The yep. consoles sound great. Um, it's definitely a big difference from the Midas sound. And especially we've got a band that is a staff band that plays same band every weekend. And they've been on those consoles for besides when we're traveling, our home rig was Midas and it was um, they're used to that sound, you know, hearing that for, I don't know, 10 years, eight yeah. years. Like it's been a while. Like when you go from that to something else, it's pretty dramatic, especially in ear mixes. Yeah. So uh, I took the time to really get our ear mixes dialed to really get the band happy um, and do, you know, we did some extensive sound checking and, and uh, we all got to a spot where we're like, these sound really great. That's we're awesome. loving it. Are you using Clang cards as well? Yep. We have Clang at monitors, which has also been really, really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, with the release of the quantum three, three, eight, I believe is when they released the DMI card for yeah. Clang and, um, which is, you know, also incredible technology that lets you have even more space uh, to be able to fit so many inputs into, you know, two little tiny left and right drivers. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing that that little card was able to replace the need for all of the all Fabrique racks. hardware and all yep. the extra stuff that you would have had to buy. Mm -hmm. The Fabrique stuff is great, but to have it on a, just a simple DMI card right in the for a lot money. less money yep. and to have so much bang for the buck is awesome. Yeah, it was a it was a super easy transition for us to drop everything in and get everything connected. We already had fiber runs in the same positions, and so um, yeah, it was a great transition. We're super happy with them. That's cool. That is cool. Are you finding you talked about this a little? They sound very different. So like super different. You know, people think they say that the Midas is warm and punchy. Mm -hmm. And I actually heard Robert say. He didn't, it, this wasn't matter of factly, but he said, maybe it's just dark. Like maybe that's the word. That's but, the word I use is dark. Yeah. It's not necessarily warm. It's just the whole thing is kind of like low past or something. Yeah. I kind of look at, I kind of look at like when I explain a Midas pre or the Midas sound, even EQ, I'm thinking from left and right. If you're going 20 Hertz to 20 K, it's kind of like a, a, you know, a slope going down towards the high end. Yeah. So you got this big giant low end and you got a normal amount of you know, yeah, 1K, and then as you get to the 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 super, the high end stuff like Air 20K stuff, it's just it's no, not there. Yeah, right. But it's like what I would describe as a really good target curve and smart. Exactly. It's like that's kind of what I'm going for. It so is. You and could so get when, that out when you pull console. up, you pull up a big mix on one of those desks, and you just start gaining stuff up. It just sounds really good right away. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it, all of you have mixed on Digico way more than me, but my sonic impressions of everything Digico is what comes in comes out. Exactly. It's it's not affecting anything positively or negatively. It's it's, just, it's a very neutral preamp. Yeah, yeah. And I think with the Quantum series, what they've done with the mustard processing and some of the spice rack stuff and some of the, the features that are akin to the, like the silk knob in the yep. um, Ravage, you know, it's very, they're, they're going for that. Like you can add some color to this and mm -hmm. some saturation if you want yeah. to. And they've always had kind of the tube saturation deal that you could dial yeah. in, but it's getting more um, 
you're you're more able to sort of add some color to it than you used to be but just straight in straight out preamp itself is very neutral yeah it's made me work for my inputs like to where i'm actually for the i mean for the first time in a long time uh when we switched out these digicos i actually changed a lot of drum mics like yeah. change the mic itself change the mic itself whoa, whoa, i changed let's talk about that i changed the heads i changed the tuning style like like I the did, Earthworks I, mics are super transparent. Super transparent. The top end is, is is fast and in your face. Yes. So with the Midas, that was probably awesome. It was great with the Midas, right? And so <laughs> making the switch to Digico, I was like quickly. I was like, this is a lot of high end, a yeah. lot of symbols, like a, especially just on. We have a loud stage with a lot going on, and so. I kind of went back to some rudimentary stuff, you know, the hundred dollar mics that always sound great. Yeah. And I added some stuff that I needed to get attack that I wanted. I went back to using large diaphragm condenser mics on the floor toms, um, kept a lot of earthwork stuff cause it does have great applications, yeah. you know, use in certain areas. But, um, yeah, we, we tuned up a lot of our drums and got rid of that, like the more rock and roll, like, you know, De- really dead drums and went for the more hip hop style of really tightly tuned toms added a 10 inch tom gospel yes and we're getting that feel um we made the switch of our primary snare so like snare one in the middle is tuned up tight almost like a snappy drum yep Ta- snare two on the left of the drummer's hi-hat is our deep like bethel the bethel snare the yeah. doosh, like that big sound yeah and so yeah we've just been doing a lot of work of changing changing stuff up i got a drum sample and a trigger if you want to try it live i i've i've got one i've got one on a trigger <laughs> that i i think aaron sent it to me i wonder if it's the same one or that, a similar one i use that rolling isn't it a trigger that you can load a sample on yeah and you blend it with the other mics yeah dude it's ridiculous it's right? cheating i know so it shows up after you actually hit the snare. That's the thing. So I said, <laughs> it's I pretty I'm, fast. It is fast, but it's not in time. So I want to figure out how to get everything in time and see if there's a difference. But right. I want y'all to do something on that on timing and Digico desk, because that's a hot topic with us right now. So yeah. Tyler, our primary monitor engineer is also mixing uh broadcaster rhythm night and he's young and eager and is really diving into that. And I think that you guys should definitely dive in and start unpacking that for because there's probably a lot of people that don't know for me because y'all know i'm primarily a video guy yeah and he it was night and day when he did just a little bit of timing stuff yeah i think that i think there's something there for people that for sure don't understand because i know that even on you know even smaller consoles like i know we're talking digico right now yeah. but like timing yep. timing's everything timing's oh yeah deal. it matters especially and if you're running you know parallel stuff or bus right. if you're bussing stuff like yes it, it makes a big difference the giant reason people choose digico is because the ability to send signals bus to bus but it's so open and you can do whatever you want on digico there's not automatic delay compensation and they let you put things out of time so for some people that's a value and that's great so i've talked to kyle about this we were in a text message and his we should get him on here to talk about this i don't want to put words in his mouth but he he said well the inputs really doesn't matter getting the whole band in time you're you're talking like very small amount of samples but i did an a b comparison just on the pm7 just on a couple channels turning it on and off and getting it in and out of time it's not better or worse. It's different. It's you just you have to hear it. Yeah. It's like oh, the low mid's tighter <clears throat> yes. now, or 
oh, the super top end and super down low, like 30 hertz tightened up. Like those are the differences you get. Yeah. And I think to your point, people have gotten used to it being, I don't want to say incorrect, but incorrect Mm -hmm. for so long. You get used to how that sounds. And it's like, and then when you get a nice in time tight mix, it's like, there is a difference. It's a difference. There is. So Avid is now the first company to have automatic delay compensation throughout the console with the ability to send bus to bus. So Yamaha has it input to matrix now, but you still can't send a bus to a bus because you can put things out of time. But now Avid is doing the calculation in the latest version that if you put a native plugin from an Avid console on bus one and you send that to bus two, it will do all of the math and put everything back in time for you. Yeah. Now, if you go out of the console and go to waves, all bets are off. Right. Like no one, it, that's impossible. I don't think we'll ever get to a point where a console can identify the length of time it's sending signal out. It doesn't know what the plugins are. It's just ingesting audio signal back in. That's when you have to do it all manual. That's what Tyler is probably doing. So if you're going out to a server and back in, you have to do manual calculations per plugin, yep. find the latest source. Apply that's that what he's time. doing. Yeah, apply that time to the whole console and then create a macro. You turn it on and off so you can hear the difference. You would really hear it in ears way more than oh, you would in the PA. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And broadcast probably. Broadcast too, yeah. We need to, we'll, we'll definitely get Kyle to talk to us about that specifically for Digico because I think it is a huge deal. Yeah. Um, we also shot a bunch of videos last summer with Chris Stevens, Jason Aldean's front of house guy. Those will be on MXU now soon. And he, he was one of the first guys at a high level doing this. So he mixes on an SSL and uses waves and he was doing manual delay compensation per input, but we have it all on video and he teaches how to do it. So yeah. Perfect. Well, are- when Aldine comes to Charlotte, then I expect to be able to sit in front of house. If y'all could go ahead and work on that for me. <laughs> hey, just DM him. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Send a DM. So I'm excited to hear on the tour, some of those tracks that you're talking about with the new drum tuning and the yeah. new, some of the the new sound because you're going to be bringing those tracks with you yep. to mix. Yep. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great. That's kind of cool. I feel like y'all had said like you're going to have both, all of you are going to have multiple consoles. Yeah. So you're going to really kind of like show everyone high end and I don't know. That sounds bad. Budget no, it's, friendly. It, it, yeah, it's, budget it friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it yeah. is. It's, um, you know, the Wing and the X32 and the TF5, those consoles sell 10 to 20x, even what like CL5s do. There are more of those. Is the Wing replacing the X32? Is that the thing? I think it should. I think it's the same price and it's way more stuff. Yeah. There's a boatload of those x32s out there there are yeah and they're still working which you know when they first came out that was all we said we're like well we'll see if it still works in a year well 10 years later they still work so yeah uh so yes on the tour marcus is happy to sell you one now he'll just send you to sweetwater i think yeah (laughs) but i think that's great because in the past when y'all done the tour it's just been large format consoles right mostly we would have we would have like one yeah example but now now we're each gonna have two you're for sure covering yeah everyone now now it's more engineers and each person that will have two desks my problem is we're gonna run out of day i'm i'm still concerned we we just need to do like three day events okay just go on tour for a 
two months. That's fine yeah, with me. That gives me more time for jokes anyway. So I'm going to mix on a PM5, not a 7 or a 10. So the smaller one, more, more affordable. Silk Prees or no Silk Prees? No. None. I'm not going to use it. It'll just be tracks recorded off of Rio's. And my second console, I think I'm, I may go to the studio live. Personas. Yeah, the Personas. So we yeah. have one. Yeah, we've never done anything on Personas before, so that'll be cool. No, I have one sitting in the office right now. And Jeff is going to do LV1 will be his small console. And we're working on what your big one's going to be. I don't think we should say it yet, but yeah. we're working. It's going to be interesting because it won't be Digico because Adam and Raybold will both have Digico. Yep. So we didn't want to overwhelm the right content with just Digico. So I'm working on option B, which is going to be. Which is not Avid, not Digico, not Yamaha. Not SSL. Not Midas, not SSL. We'll leave it. We'll leave it mystery. at that. Um, um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. And then Chris is going to have his quantum Digico. SD seven. Yep. And uh, his small one, I think maybe give him the wing is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then Corey will have an S six L he'll be at the two day events. He'll be at avid. Yeah. Doing avid and, and his small one. I don't know yet. Maybe a TF. Yeah. Something like that for something. him. And then Adam, you need a small desk. But, oh, you know what? Uh, the Allen and Heath SQ. Yeah, the little that's SQ, the other one. Yeah, SQ six. We'll do that. Like that. Is uh, y'all gonna have extra white gloves for Corey? Yeah, perfect. Pair. Okay, cool. Just and make bronzing sure. lotion and Avino. Avino. Yeah. Uh huh. Did we? Did y'all get the sponsorship from Avino for Corey's skin? No, they Jay's, replied Jay's back. Working on it. We tagged them in yeah, a post. Yeah, saw that. Jay did, and they replied back. We're so happy that we could help him with his skincare. <laughs> so good because people respond to jay's dms they not they might not respond to yours or you might not respond to people's dms but right if if jay sends a dm it's going to get a response master of ceremonies and all that's true well this has been awesome um we are out of time because we can't let marcus's outfit not hit the world any later than right now so we okay. gotta we gotta go yeah because, i mean this mysterious transportation will be here soon yeah oh it's four o'clock yeah we got less than an hour till you're need to take a nap he's got his shades on and hat on and it's like yeah marcus has done his entire outfit the whole interview yeah i took the jacket off it's awesome don't forget to check on each other there you go yep that's your homework from dad everybody signed up everybody needs to sign up for the tour that's if you true. come to Charlotte, I'm going to be there. Tickets. I'm going to hijack. I'm going to run the trigger that day. Okay. I don't feel like you'll care, but I'm going to run the trigger that Wait day. Wait till you see the tailgate set up that I drew up for our bus. Mm. It's going to be fun. It's on point. So, yeah, you're definitely going to want to get a Charlotte after-party ticket. Tickets for all the other cities are still available, but going quickly. Yep. And especially for the after-parties. Yeah. And time is running out on the early bird pricing. Right. It ends uh, the end of May. So yeah. price is going up June 1st on the whole thing. So you got a month. All right, fellas. Thanks for flying to Jacksonville to record a podcast. 